0: Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. We're mixing up happiness, good life skills, and adding a dash of improv to help you live an awesome life. Please give it up for your Breakthrough Mixologist,
1: Gary Ware. Welcome to Breakthrough Cocktail. I am your host, Gary Ware, and I have my awesome friend, the most beautiful, Tiffany Ryan. Welcome to the show, Tiffany.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: Awesome. Tiffany is a marketing specialist at Empower Software Solutions. Did I say that right? Yes. Cool. All right. Well, before we find out how you got here, tell us a little bit about uh, what you do and a little bit about the company. Okay.
0: So Empower Software Solutions is a human resources software company. We specialize in products such as workforce management, which involves labor scheduling, um, labor forecasting, so knowing who you need to schedule, where and when for maximum conversions in, say, your retail store. We also um, have solutions that support payroll tax processing, um, talent management, hiring, maintaining, and human resources benefits solutions.
1: And so what does a marketing specialist do?
0: So a marketing specialist, there's actually a team of marketing specialists, and we all do a little bit something different. Um, per our skill set, we have one person who uh, handles mostly the CRM and email um, and email deployment. We have another graphic design, webmaster, events guy. I am a the project manager, strategist type, and I also handle all the uh, marketing around the workforce management solution, which is a lot of content development and thought leadership type marketing.
1: Oh, that's great. Here we are now. Let's rewind and figure out how you got there. So, you know, you went through college, you were past president of Add to Orlando. Yes. So and you have a knack for getting a job. So let's just talk about college and stuff like that.
0: OK, well, I was going to say, yeah, let's go way, way back, because I, I think there's something interesting about that. So I when I went to college, I was looking for a school that had a great business department and a theater department. And I was actually a theater major for a year and a half. When I determined that I could continue being a theater major with scholarships and stuff and not have to work, that's when I realized that maybe that's not what I wanted to do. So back when colleges had paper catalogs, I spent three hours going through every page of UCF's, uh, University of Central Florida, uh, UCF's paper catalog pulling out majors that I wanted. And I ended up with marketing, finance, and accounting which sounds really strange. Yeah, I limited finance because they had a, they were a lot of real estate classes and I really wasn't interested in the real estate portion. So for another like hour and a half, I went back and forth between marketing and accounting and I decided to be a marketing major. So I graduated with that. I worked in retail management for a while and then I decided to really try and utilize my marketing degree And I got a job at a marine marketing company that worked with like boat dealers and boat manufacturers in Tampa. And that was a horrendous job. Absolutely. I cried every day. It was not a good place to work, whatever. So I decided that I was already working a second job as a bartender (laughs) at the Hard Rock Casino in Tampa. And I was making enough money on Friday and Saturday nights to support myself the same as my 40-hour-a-week job. So I quit my job with the support of my now husband, thank goodness, and I started just looking because I was like, I don't want to just look for a job. I want to look for the job. I want to look for the right thing. So I, I I was lucky enough to be able to do that, and after about a month, I wasn't really finding anything on like Monster and Career Builder, and this was before Indeed and all that stuff. And so... I packed up my resumes one day and I got dressed up and I went down to this office park that was located about five minutes from my house. And I went around to every single building and copied down the name of every single company in those buildings. And in the parking lot, I ran into someone who was like, can I help you find something? And I told her what I was doing. And she took my resume like right there in the parking lot. I never heard from her, but I still thought it was cool that she took my resume like in the parking lot. Well, one of the companies in this building was an ad agency called Ad Partners, and they just happened to be looking for a receptionist. And because I had certain skill sets from previous jobs, like I did actually spend six months as a staff accountant and found out that I hated that too, um, they they knew they were going to hire this other girl. They were interviewing me because they had scheduled it and didn't want to cancel. When they found out that I had an accounting background and their business manager was going on maternity leave, they hired me over the other girl. I had the job by the end of the day. And all because oh. I just found out they were there.
1: That is so cool. So you just, you know, took um, your destiny in your own hands, and you realized, and he, hey, I'm going to make this happen.
0: You got to go get it. That's, that's the moral of that for me. And that was something that I didn't realize until I was telling this story to a friend of mine about two months ago, because Up until two months ago, I was like, I got so lucky. I stumbled upon this agency. And he said, no, honey, you went and got that. (laughs) Like, That's not a stumble. So, yeah, you got to go get it.
1: Yeah. And so real quick, before we go into more of the interview, I totally forgot. uh, It wouldn't be a breakthrough cocktail podcast without talking about what we're drinking. So, Tiffany, what are you drinking?
0: Oh, (laughs) I am drinking Crystal Light Tea because I'm watching my figure.
1: Awesome. And I am (laughs) drinking... Uh guaki brand herbo Yerba Mate uh tea. It is mint flavored. And yours
0: uh, is much more fun to pronounce than mine. <laughs>
1: yeah. I to be honest, I got it from a friend who actually happens to be pregnant and she realized on this tea that it has caffeine and it says uh, this tea is not for expected mothers. And so being a good friend, I took it on, and I'm not going to reveal who that friend is because uh, I'm not one <laughs> to oust people in their pregnancy, but, um, uh, <laughs> it's actually quite good. I would never have uh of this tea otherwise. There you go. So let's go back. So you, you were at a job. Okay. Most people, yep. they graduate, they get a job. They're like, yeah, I'm in a job. And they would just, just stick with it regardless, but you hated yep. it. So at what yes. point, like, I know you realize, you know what, I'm making enough um, to support myself and you have your awesome husband. But at what point did you realize this is not the place for me?
0: It, you know, I've I've realized that multiple times throughout my career in that particular place. It was the, the reasoning was I'm, I'm so not happy. I'm not getting anything out of this and I'm not be, and I'm not in a position to give anything to it. Right. And that's the lesson that I've, that I've tried to learn and watch for, in multiple jobs is knowing when either when you're giving more than you're getting back because you have to be getting something right. It's a two way street. It's not just I'm getting a paycheck. You should be getting more than that. You should be getting experience. You should be getting mentorship. You should be getting learning. And if you're not getting that, it's not going to help you. The only thing that's helping you is that paycheck that's helping you pay your bills. And if you're in any type of a situation where you can look to make a change, look to make a change. But don't but don't ever and this is something my dad taught me. Don't ever jump just just to jump. And don't ever leave just for money. You have to make sure there's something else there for you to go to. There's got to be something qualitative. There's got to be something in terms of teaching and learning and mentorship. And and you can find that now, on the flip side, and, and Gary, I don't know if we can use certain language in this podcast. That's all good. But um, I've always told my mentees, we do the mentorship program through Ad 2 and I've always told my mentees this. You are never going to find the perfect job. Every job comes with some level of bullshit. It just depends on whether it's the type and quantity that you're willing to deal with.
1: Awesome. <laughs> yes. Uh, amen, sister, to that. <laughs> yeah so so you realize you know what this is not the amount of that I'm willing to deal with and right so then Agent, you left. it
0: was not I left that was it I was gone
1: that was great all right so you were at the agency and you were yep. you were their office manager right
0: so I started out as a receptionist and and I remember in the interview the general manager interviewing me and saying you realize that you're overqualified to be a receptionist right like she just wanted to make sure that I understood <laughs> this and I said yes And she said, okay, like, you're making coffee for people and you're answering the phone. And I said, I will be the best receptionist you ever had. I want to be more than that, but I will be the best receptionist you ever had. And, and I was like, I got them using, again, I'm dating myself, Windows Messenger. So that while I was on one phone call and had it on hold, I could send somebody a message that they had another one. Like I implemented all these things. And Learned, learned the deal about media and contracts and station schedules and all of that. Um, I learned a little bit about account service and ad placement. So it was a really great position for me because I got to learn everything about the agency because I helped everyone out a little bit. After six months, an account coordinator quits. I get immediately promoted into that position, no questions asked. So that's where I got started six months after being an account coordinator on my one year anniversary of being hired. I was an account executive with my own accounts off and running.
1: Awesome. And and you talk a lot about mentorship along the way. Did you have someone to be a mentor for you?
0: Yeah, I've had a couple and some really good ones at at Ad Partners. Darlene Levy was the general manager, and she was she was a really great mentor. I worked at that agency for three years, and and she taught me almost everything I needed to know. Um, our our media director Phyllis also taught me everything that I know about media. Um, so that they were they were really great to work with. And again, like knowing when to leave. I knew it was time to leave when I saw that there were no advancement opportunities for me. At one point, it was 2008 when the advertising market kind of took a little, took a little dive. Um, it was me and the general manager. The next step up for me was the general manager. And I said, there's, I can't, there's nowhere for me to go. And I've been doing this for three years now. I need to go somewhere else where there's something else, where there's a little bit of a step up.
1: Awesome. And so talk about that process, because as you mentioned, you don't just leave a company just to leave.
0: (laughs) No, you don't. Um, So this is where AdFed starts to benefit my life a lot. I had joined Ad2 Tampa Bay. I had been uh, their public service chair and I had gone to my very first conference, which happened to be a District 4, District 7 co-conference, which was amazing. Um, I had the best time, and I met a ton of people from Ed to Orlando that I had tons of things in common with because I grew up in Orlando. Um, I had only been in Tampa for about five years. And so I started making all these contacts, and one day um, on Facebook, a new contact of mine posted that he was looking for an account executive at his agency. And so I I talked to him, and I called him because – My husband kind of works in between Tampa and Orlando, so it kind of doesn't matter to me where I where I work. He'll still have to drive the same amount either way. So it was kind of my call where we lived. And so um, so I, I was talking to him about it and the job sounded okay. But I started talking to other friends that I had met through the ad fed and said, tell me what I don't know about this gentleman that I would know if I was in the market. And one of my friends came back to me and said, you really shouldn't work for him. I really don't want you to work for him. Tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you the names of six different agencies, a contact at each, drop my name and tell them that I referred you there. And so I reached out to all six and two of them got back to me and um, and one of them got back to me just a little bit too late, and I, I interviewed at one place, and I really liked what they had going on. They were about the same size as the agency I left, but they had more structure, and they actually did a little bit of, they had a little bit of a different focus in than the agency that I left, so it was good. So there was something for me to learn, there was something for me to aspire to, and, and it was a nice change. So I ended up taking the job and, and moving to Orlando. Awesome. But it had to be the right thing.
1: Yeah, and and again, once again, you hustled. You didn't just <laughs> um, just throw your hands in the air and say, "Someone hire me." You actually did your due diligence and you know, just going step by step, you went out and you reached out to your network. Right?
0: Yep. And you can't be ever afraid to ask. Don't be. Don't ever be scared of asking somebody a question. I think we often are more. Are, are scared to approach someone that maybe we've only met once or twice, you'd be surprised how helpful people want to be and how much people want to tell you what they know. People love talking about what they know. That's kind of the reason why you and I are doing this right now because yeah, I love talking yeah, about absolutely. what I know. So they want to help you. Don't don't worry about whether you've met them once or twice or whatever. Ask the question it, the worst thing that can happen is they don't give you an answer, and then you're you're back where you started. But the best thing that can happen is you get some really helpful information to to move your life forward.
1: Awesome. Now, sort of switching gears, you had mentioned ad fed and ad two. And for mm-hmm. our listeners who may not know about that, uh, can you give an explanation of of what ad two is and and what ad fed is?
0: Okay. So, in, for most for markets that have an ad two, there's kind of two different focuses. So, Ad Two is a young professional organization that focuses on transitioning advertising and marketing students out of school and into the profession. They provide educational programs, mentorship opportunities, um, and and my and my personal favorite, the public service program, which a lot of them do, which gives young professionals a chance to do something that they may not get to do at work and really expand their horizons in in terms of what it takes to put together an advertising campaign and doing real work for a nonprofit so beneficial, so close to my heart. I've done 3 of them. I I wish I could stay in Ad2 forever and do them do them all the time. Um now, so what Ad2 is is Ad2 is the young professional version of version of that. Ideally what should happen is you graduate out of Ad Two. There is unfortunately an age limit, which is why I'm not allowed to be one anymore. Um, so eventually, you'll hit the age cap, or you'll get to a place in your professional career that Ad Fed or the American Advertising Federation chapter is is a better fit for you. And that's more talking about the business climate, changes that are happening, how how to best run an agency, how to you know deal with clients and. Um, new, new immersions in technology and media. That's, that's where ad fed really is, is, is it's, is it's for the um, established professional.
1: The seasoned I, I professional. Awesome.
0: Yeah. The seasoned awesome. professional. There you go. Once you've got some experience under your belt, then you graduate. And, and just to illustrate what I mean by the difference between life place, when I was ad to president, I was ad to president at 30 years old. Um, my my partner at fed president was 27 years old but he was the owner of an audio production company so his life place meant that he needed the more seasoned professional connections in ad fed whereas i got my start in advertising a little bit late at 26 and so i still needed the boost that the young professional organization of ad2 was was giving
1: and you ended up being president. And talk about that. So, what made you want to climb the ranks of Adju? Because that's a big undertaking to be president.
0: <laughs> it it is. It's a lot of sacrifice. Um, it's I. I was a retail manager. I'm at the risk of sounding like I toot my own horn. I'm a leader. I can't do anything but. I'm the A-type in the group that when everybody's being kind of wishy-washy about what we're going to do, I'm like, okay, no, we're done. This is what we're doing. This is why we're doing it. Let's go. Let's do this. So it was weird for me because I had just joined the organization. Um, my The the president at the time who had just met me threw me straight into public service, like all the way in the deep end, and that running a, a full advertising campaign and a team of 10 to 20 people depending on where you are in the process is is a pretty big undertaking for someone who's a brand new member um and halfway through that process the vice president came to me and said i want you to be my vice president are you serious okay all right let's think about this let's talk about this so i agreed but then then that was when i made the transition to orlando Orlando was also looking for a vice president, and since they found out that Tampa wanted me to be theirs, Orlando wanted me to be theirs, and I ended up becoming Orlando's vice president, overseeing their public service campaign for two years, um, and eventually becoming president. And mostly in in Tampa, it was because they had a good thing going, and I wanted to be a part of that. When I got to Orlando, I'm not going to be shy about saying they were not in a good place. Um they were not they were not doing well financially um in, in with reputation in the market and so then it became a project I can fix this I know how to fix this I was part of a club that was doing well I can I can change this and I can fix this um and so that's what it was for me over there it was a ch- it was a challenge it was something that I had to do
1: Awesome and you made a good point about you're self-aware you know that you are a leader you you have that type a personality and that's not a good fit for everyone
0: no it's not you it's something you have to own and and you but i really encourage everyone to be self-aware to know yourself and know what's what's gonna work for you and what's not and i constantly talk about how i trick myself because i know myself so i can know how to trick myself so it's almost like there's two of me the one who's trying to get away with stuff and the one who's trying to make you not get away with stuff. And it's it's funny because, you know, type A, I'm a female, we can we could go in and talk about Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In, you know, Forever in a Day, but I actually just got called out at work because I am assertive. And some people don't necessarily like that strong go-getter, this is what we're going to do and let's just go do it personality. And my boss is very cool about it. And he goes, so this is some of the feedback that I'm getting. And I know that this is because you're you. And so you have the decision. He goes, you can own this and you can run with it. And you can know that this is what's going to happen from time to time is you're going to get this kind of feedback or you can try and make an adjustment so that you don't have to deal with that. He goes, it's completely on you. I'm not telling you that it's wrong. I'm not telling you that I don't want to get this feedback ever again. I'm just saying this is what's going to happen. And this is what you can do about it if you want to.
1: And how did you take that feedback?
0: And you know what? And I really gave that some thought because that's not the first time I've gotten feedback like that. Um, But for me, in the position that I'm in right now, if I want to succeed, I want to make some adjustments because... I don't want that feedback to be coming from my superiors. And and some people might say that's wrong and you should just go and 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 some of the advice that I was going to give you later was you have to be you. But sometimes you have to make those calls and sometimes you have to make those adjustments in order to continue being the most of you that you can. So, it's not that I'm changing myself. I'm just dialing back maybe some of my own rhetoric and dialing back some of the way I approach things and finessing a little bit how I go about things to get stuff done
1: awesome switching gears again now you're at a company that's not like an agency but it sort of is an agency you have a complete marketing team how did you jump into that
0: well so uh after I left the the agency that I started with Orlando I did a short stint at Yellow Shoes um And then when my contract ran out, it was a contract uh, job. And when my contract ran out there, I worked for a digital company, which was just me putting the final tool in my tool belt. Now I can manage digital media and digital marketing. This is great. One of my clients at that agency was fantastic. He was my favorite client. We got along great. It was one of those clients where we had a 45 minute spirited discussion over whether or not the word the should be in his tagline, in his new tagline, I, I no joke I timed it. It was 45 minutes of discussion about the word the. Um, but that was a type. That's the type of client that you love, who wants to discuss with you and wants to listen. And at one point of that discussion, I was winning, and then at another point, he was winning, and then he really just won because it was 45 minutes of this ridiculous discussion, and he was the client, and he's paying if he wants the word the in there. Fine, whatever. But anyways, so his company, we did such a good job with his company that they started getting litigation issues because people thought that they were bigger than they were. So they kind of started suing them. It's a much longer story. But so they decided to eliminate the marketing position <laughs> because they're like, we we can't handle this. We need to go back and fix some stuff before we can continue marketing. So they eliminated his position um, through networking. He was able to pick up another job. They gave him a two week notice on Friday. He got an offer letter from a new company and moved to that company the following Monday. Well, he, so he's a director of marketing there. He's now my boss. He, um, took the marketing department. He didn't like the way it was set up. And one of his guys left and he texted me and he said, look, I've got a marketing specialist position open. I would love to have you here. Um, let me know. And at first I said no, because I had, a I had what I thought was a good thing going on at this digital agency and it was great, but life changes. And I had a baby, I have a little son now and the 24 seven work lifestyle that that digital agency wanted for me was not something that I was, I was willing to continue to do. And I wanted something a little bit, um, saner, I wanted something a little bit more balanced. And so one day um, we had, there there was a meeting and there was some disagreement between myself and the principal of the company. And it was at that moment that I decided that I was no longer getting what I needed to get out of here and I needed something a little bit different. And so I texted my now boss and said, is the position still open? And within a week and a half, I was putting in my two weeks notice.
1: Wow, so it really shows network network network.
0: <laughs> now, Net- I can't stress enough how much my network has saved my tookus on so many occasions, or how many connections I've been able to make with people. my so I've been at this job for a year now. Actually, my year is coming up in like a couple weeks. And I can tell you three different vendors that we're working with right this minute. That are all ad fed people. Wow. They're all people I know through the Advertising Federation. They're all getting work in my company now because, because I know them, because they're in the network, and I'm not gonna bid it out. I know they're gonna give me the best price. I know they're gonna give me quality work because they know me.
1: Yeah. So how do you keep such a strong network?
0: It takes you have to nurture it. You really, really do. You have to you just have to be you and you just have to be friendly and be approachable. There was um there was a speaker we saw at, I think, that very first conference that I mentioned that I went to. And um, so I'm going to plug him just a little bit because I think he's really cool. Scott, the name tag guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of this guy, but he writes a book. He writes, he writes several books, and one of them is about being that guy. And I like to be that girl. I want to be the girl that gets things done, that knows people, that makes connections, that you can ask for anything. And one of my other my other kind of sort of bosses has a joke with me that one day he's going to randomly ask me to get a porta potty put in front of the office building within 24 hours and my challenge is going to be to find enough connections to be able to make that happen but you just go to go to a local event talk just talk to people just talk to people are you the type of person that talks to people in the line at the grocery store great I met somebody in Houston in an airport at a restaurant who did promotional products. I kept his card around for quite some time because I was seriously going to purchase some stuff from him. I don't remember what happened that I didn't, but it just, you just talk to people. That's it.
1: Awesome. And if someone is thinking, I'm not that type A personality, I can't go up to talk to someone. Can you give them a tip on starting a conversation? Because it's, I'm pretty sure it's easy
0: this may surprise you gary but i at one time had that exact thought i went to a gallery night for add to tampa and um and i was scared i was scared to talk to somebody and they were looking at a piece of ad and somebody told me just find something that you both are looking at find something common about the two of you in that moment um it doesn't have to be something you don't have to know anything about the person. It's whatever is common about the two of you in that moment. And at that moment, he was looking at a poster that I had account exe- that I had worked on as an account executive. And so I walked up and I was I said, "So what do you think about that?" And so he told me his thoughts and he said, "What do you think about that?" And of course, I said, "Well, I think it's fantastic because I helped work on it." And and that started the conversation. Oh, well, what do you do and where do you work and who did that? And then you just trade back and forth. It's like what you do at the grocery store. You're in the line and, you know, something falls off or someone else is making a noise and you make a side comment about it. That's it. You just have to talk to this person like they're already your friend and make some sort of comment. I have made more friends with offhand comments that I than I can count. Just say something. Awesome. At worst case scenario, they'll ignore you. Don't worry about it, it's not personal.
1: And then you awkwardly just back out and say, oh, sorry. And
0: then you awkwardly walk away and go try it again. That's it.
1: Great. (laughs) Last question before we jump into the lightning round. Uh, You really utilize your network for anything. Can you give some tips to our listeners on if they're looking for a job and they want to tap into their network to either find openings or opportunities, how can they do that?
0: So I would say, um, you know, that's a tough one because I've actually had to look. I've always gotten mine from mentioning. Like I had talked to a friend of mine and said, I think my contract's about to be up at Yellow Shoes. And she was like, oh, well, my company's hiring. Um, I guess just talk to people. Start with the closest network and say, hey, you know, I think I'm looking. Do you know anybody? Do you know anything? Can you keep me in mind? It can really be just as simple as that. But then um, but then, on the other hand, it's, it's looking for the opportunities that you want and then seeing where your network can match up with that. Um, someone, a friend of a friend wants, is looking at a job that happens to be open at my previous agency. And so I don't know if she did it on LinkedIn or whatever, but my friend messaged me and said, hey, I've got a friend who's looking at this job Do you know anything about it? Do you know anybody who works there? You know, can you give me some pointers? It's just about playing detective, but with your friends.
1: Cool. All right. And we're going to jump into the lightning round. And I'm going to ask Tiffany uh, just a few questions that I asked all of my guests on the show. And the first question is, when you were young, what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: An artist.
1: Wow. (laughs) Which
0: is so bad because I can't draw
1: at all. So what made you want to be an artist? Was there any sort of inspiration or just one day you just knew when you were a kid, you just wanted to be an artist?
0: I just, you know, I like a lot of colors and I like a lot of vibrancy. And I guess as a kid, I decided that the only way to continue to be around that was to be an artist. But then I'm not visually creative in any way, shape or form. So it's that was that was just one of those kid dreams.
1: That's all good. (laughs) So what is your, what's your current routine? You know, you, your mom, your professional, uh, do you have any sort of morning rituals? Uh, how do you keep your sanity?
0: Uh, very carefully. Um, well, I, I do try and keep a routine, uh, fairly routine. So first thing when I get up in the morning is I go get my son dressed. This is, this is what my husband and I have negotiated. Um, I get him dressed. I pick out the clothes. I am Colin's fashion consultant. Um, And once he's dressed, we we grab our socks because our shoes are downstairs and we, we bring them over to daddy. And then daddy takes Colin downstairs and gets him breakfast and whatnot. And that's that's my mommy time. That's my mommy time to pick out my clothes, get dressed, brush my teeth, do my hair, whatever. By the time I get downstairs, it's make make whatever food I need to bring or whatever snacks I need to bring with me to work. Figure out where I left my computer from when I was working too late last night. Um, probably on ad fed stuff, and um, try and gather all of my belongings and not forget anything. Then we get the kid in the car, I take him to daycare, drop him off, and then I do my 45 minute to an hour commute into work. So okay. I switch I switch hats and and really take my mommy hat off and put my my empower marketing specialist hat on, or my ad fed hat on, or something like that.
1: And so, how do you stay organized at work? Do you do to do list? Do you work out of your inbox? Any tips?
0: A, a little bit of both. I I actually keep a it's an overly redundant system of lists. I do work out of my inbox. Once I am done with it, I've learned how to delete. People listen. It's okay to delete an email if you're really done with it. It's okay. I used to save all of them. Don't do it. It's annoying. So, um, yes, once I'm officially done with something, I delete it. If I need to keep the information, I file it. And then if I still need to do something with it, it stays in my inbox. And My work inbox holds pretty steady at about thirty-five to 30 to 40 emails. Um, but then I also keep a wonder list app, um, that's available on my phone and on my tablet and, and on my computer of things that might not be in my inbox that I need to know. Um, that's where I keep an ad fed list where I can easily go and jot something down. If I realize that I forgot to do something or didn't write it down. And then I also keep, and don't laugh digital people, a spiral notebook and a pen with me all times. All times, I always have a spiral notebook and a pen for jotting something down because I can't open a tablet or flip open my phone and get into the Wunderlist app fast enough, faster than I can pick up a pen, write it down.
1: And last two questions, and then I'll let you go. The first one is, is there a quote or a series of quotes that you love to you know, live by?
0: So my mom taught me this growing up and it was to each their own and it's about accepting that everyone is different and that everyone has different personalities and different opinions than you and the sooner you can accept that other people are going to have different opinions and be okay with that and not try and constantly change their mind and not try and constantly convince them that they are wrong um you'll be happier You'll be, you'll be a happier person in life. Um, And then there's that, there's that feedback that my, uh, there, oh, there's another piece of feedback that my boss gave me that I, that I really like. And it is, you cannot change someone else's behavior. You can only change your own. And if you're not getting the response that you want from somebody with, with whatever tactics you're using, it's on you to change it. It's on you to figure out what's going to get through to them. So that's, that's the other one that I've gotten even recently, um, at my point in my career and that's super helpful. And, and so I'm always learning, always, always taking stuff in and trying to make myself better.
1: Great. And the last question is, if you can give our listeners one tip, one thing that they can do right now to help them better their life and just live an awesome life, what would that be?
0: Be you, be transparent. Don't try and be anything for anybody else. If someone doesn't like the way you are, screw them. Let them go. They're not important. Just just be you and be truthful and be happy and and just do that. That's all there is. That's all you need.
1: Great. All right. And so if people want to get in touch with you, you know, your chance to sort of just plug what, what you got going on.
0: Oh, goodness. I, You know, I love social media. I'm not good at it. You can tweet me if you want to at Tiffany L. Ryan. I I think it alerts my phone. It's better to find me on LinkedIn and send me a message that way. I believe I'm the only Tiffany L. Ryan in the United States.
1: Great. And we'll put a link in the show notes so they can find you. Okay,
0: cool. Thank you.
1: Cool. All right. Well, Tiffany, this has been awesome. Thank you for coming on the show. And thank you for being such a delight.
0: Oh, thank you for having me. It was such a pleasure. This was so much fun.
1: Cool. All right. And to our listeners, I will see you next time. You've been listening to Breakthrough Cocktail.
0: If you liked what you heard, be sure to visit www.breakthroughcocktail.com forward slash newsletter to sign up for the insider newsletter. As a subscriber, you'll get instant access to exclusive content and frequent doses of happiness. See you there. Until then, stay awesome.